Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast, episode number three. Today, we are talking to Michael Kilpatrick, and we are talking about how you can make the best out of a launch in a short time frame. So stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right. I'm sitting here with Michael Kilpatrick here today, and he has two businesses. One is for farmers that build profitable businesses, and the other one is working with digital producers to maximize their impact. And I think the whole farming bit is really exciting. Hello to you, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Why don't you just uh, give us a little introduction on who you are and what you're doing? And we definitely want to hear a little bit more about the farming piece because I think that's really something special that I don't think so many people do. Yeah, so we really got started in that when I was uh, 10, 12, 13 years old and we moved to a new piece of property in upstate New York. And uh, my brother and I didn't know any better, so we started a farm. And uh, that rapidly scaled. And so the thing about farming is there's so many moving pieces. So you're not just being an agronomist, you're being a horticulturist, you're being a plumber, a electrician, a salesperson, a business owner, a HR person, you know, the, the dozens of hats you wear. And so you got to be really good at juggling a lot of pieces. And so, um, you know, that farm scaled, we got um, quite large with that. We ended up shutting that down in 2015. My wife and I moved back to Ohio to be near her family. Um, and about a year or so later, we started our digital business to kind of help farmers because we saw this massive need in the space where farmers were treating it more of a hobby instead of a business. And then they were just didn't have good cash flow. They weren't able to uh, make the money they wanted to. So our main business is called Growing Farmers. And we basically teach, we coach farmers in business principles and how to market their products. And we do that through membership courses. Um, challenges, uh, the podcast. We have a Thriving Farmer podcast. We've got all of that there. But the thing about digital marketing is there's a lot of systems and principles in that as well. And so it's very easy for me to move to start being able to manage in that space as well. Because again, I'm a systems person. I'm um, And so that being able to just translate that same thinking of the, the farm, you know, setting up the systems over to the digital world made moving into that actually quite easy for us. And so um, we have a, our first main launch we did in our industry, we did a third of a million dollars. Um, so that was, that was a really fabulous launch there. Um, it, was, it was just the right product at the right time. So that, that did really well. Um, but since then, we've been on the back end of, uh, I think six, actually, I think just seven multiple six-figure launches. And uh, we've actually been on the back end of a multiple seven-figure launch as well. So, you know, we've, we've done a fair number of launches and we really enjoy that whole process of, you know, making sure the offer's right, making sure you've got the, the traffic coming in right, you're looking at the conversions, 
tweaking the sales page, make sure you have the right copy and the ads, and then just really loving on people during the launch and uh, seeing them, you know, seeing the change that you can you can help them with with the product that you're offering. Yeah, and all of that is just the farming side of the business. So actually, yeah. So the the larger launches we do are on the uh, digital product side. So when we work with clients to double and triple their their revenue through that service. So that service, I I partnered with Katie Momo, who is a rock star copywriter. And so she and I do it. I do the strategy side. She does the copy, the sale, and the um, the ad side, and uh, we rock it. So awesome, awesome. Definitely an exciting place to be with the whole farming piece. I think that's really fascinating because I don't think I've heard anybody else do that with farming specifically. But obviously, there's a market for it. Yeah, there is. And a lot of farmers think farming is really, really hard. And yeah, there's some hard days. But as long as you follow the principles that we can lay out for you, the exact principles, um, then it it actually becomes so much easier. Because again, it's all about the systems that you put in place. And so if you can implement those systems and have them in place, you can make it work really well for you. Hmm, cool. Well, you just wrapped up a big launch, right? So Yes, we did. Yeah, we have a, a client who um, is newer in the space, is, is really good traction, is a fabulous product. And um, this last launch that they did, it was a tough timeline. They were trying to reshoot a course as well as launch that course and their launch as well as uh, she was finishing up another project. So it was like stacking three or four projects on top of it, as well as her project manager who was supposed to be managing all of these projects, basically had to fire her oh. during the launch. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, Katie and I came into this and uh, you know, we started down, because we have a very specific process that we follow when we work with clients. Um, you know, we work through very specific aspects and we came to her about two weeks before the launch was actually, you know, open cart. We said, or three weeks and we said, you know, we're starting down this process with you and we know there's really not able to do this. Well, Mm. we're wondering if you need to just, we just back away and let do this at a later point. Um, you know, when you have more bandwidth, your team has more bandwidth to implement. She's like, no, I really want you guys on board. I know you guys are really valuable. Um, so you just tell me what the 80-20 is. Mm, yeah. And so that's what I think I think I really want to talk about in this, this podcast episode is what is that 80-20 that is going to give you really good success during your launches? And it's going to be a little bit different for you than, than this client. But, but focusing on that is going to give you that maximum results. Because a lot of these bigger launches, they're doing like really little tweaks. And obviously for them, it's giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars, but when that's with a $5 million launch. Yeah, but exactly. if you're doing you know, your first launch or your second launch, it could be only difference of a couple hundred dollars or maybe $20, $30. So it may not be worth it at all. So um, yeah, that's where I kind of want to think about, you know, just do the things that are going to give you the maximum value. Right. But even though if it doesn't give you that impact right now, like I said, you just a couple hundred dollars, but that would still be something that you can take along and use for your next launch, which will be bigger and the impact will be bigger. So still valuable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I'm not saying completely dump them, but I may be saying just hold on to that for the next launch. Um, yeah, because you can say, okay, I could do this, but this is not the 20%. So I'm going to hold on to that or keep that idea for the next time. And again, every single launch is building. So you know, you may start your first launch with a few Facebook Lives. The next one, maybe you're going to record some videos. The next one, maybe you're going to do um, you know, some Messenger. Um, and the next one, you're going to do some retargeting ads, which actually really kill. So you should start doing those on your first launch anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's all building on itself. And the thing is too, is 
every time you do a launch with your audience, you're going to learn more about your audience, which mm. is fabulous. Yeah, true. I've noticed that myself as well. You know, for each launch you did, you could add another piece to it and you can still use some of the things you've already done. So you can, like you said, you're building on it. So that's uh, yeah. very true. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's dig into the big launch and talk about the bits and pieces of it. Yeah. So the first thing with any product, and now the beauty of this product is there's more of a mature product. So this was, they'd have multiple launches. We have plenty of customer information to go off of. And this is one thing that we always recommend after launch is doing a post-launch survey to your people. Mm. Um, and usually the process is the day after cart closes, we send the email out, ask a couple open-ended questions just to find out why they didn't buy. Do you ask that the, for the same people that did buy? No. no. Well, so we would do an onboarding survey for the new course buyers and we will ask them why they did buy in that. So, you okay. know, what, what caused you to buy? Why did you, why was this program for you? And sometimes it's the weirdest stuff. Um, sometimes it's because, so one person joined our membership because there was some SOPs in there that they wanted for their farm. So, you know, that's kind of stuff. That, yeah. So you get that information of why they did buy but you also go and get the information of why they didn't buy. And obviously the big ones are time and money. Um, and so we always hit those with your, when you're busting objections during the launch. Mm. But you know, one of the things we found with this launch is a lot of them were saying, well, I'm in someone else's course and I don't have time to finish it. So we had our person do a live during the launch that talked about, you know, you don't need the 100% of the launch. Usually it's the 80-20 rule again, that those 20% that you're going to take away, the 80% is just what you don't need. So it's okay to skip around and not have that 100% complete. So we busted that one. Um, yeah, so the other ones were, you know, I want to have more time in my life to take care of my parents or something like that. So we made sure we brought that up in our messaging through the launch. So, you know, looking over those, so that's something that we'll do is we'll comb through all that information pull out these main themes, and then we'll create like what we call the, the live schedule, which is up to about two weeks before the launch, is get that person to do lives. And so that brings us to the second part, which is a live video on Facebook. So this person is actually really, really good at doing live video. That's what her audience loves. She's great at it. And so we just gave her all the talking points. So we said, this is the video you need to go do. This is the different um, themes that you need to bring across and, you know, and this is the time of day to do it. Cause we're also going to look at what her times work for her audience. Yeah. I imagine the schedule had to be really tight because of the two weeks pre-launch. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're actually at one point she was going live every single day. Yeah. How much time would you spend on a pre-launch usually? Um, so yeah, so it can, the longer the runway, the, the, the bigger the launch usually. Um, so for this one, we were running a quite tight turnaround. So I believe we had about two weeks of a pre pre launch. Mm. And then we go into pre launch, which is usually like the workshop, um, period. And then we have launch and we have post launch. So, um, and pre pre launch, I think you had about two weeks. Yeah. And so then every time she did a live, we would check it out, see the quality of it. Um, talk to the client about that. And if there was a good live, we would kick that into our video view audience. So basically that, what that means is we would take that, start boosting that to basically a lookalike of some of her page's best buyers. Mm. And so when we got that, we start that rolling. And so that audience actually was our hot audience. And so that during the launch, we'll refer to that as our hot audience when we're running ads and that sort of thing. So then we basically get through those two weeks then we're into the workshop and obviously we have emails going out that are talking about this. We had emails going out telling people to come join the lives, uh, messages going out that people to join the lives. The other big thing we did pre-launch is part of this combing through all of that was then taking what we learned 
and sprucing up all the launch copy. So went through all the different emails, went through even like the affiliate emails. Um, we went through the sales page, gave tweaks. Um, we rewrote some ads, got the ads all and a thing. And the thing we did on this launch too is we really simplified the ads. Is um, the last launch they did, they had a pretty complicated ad strategy. Okay. So we just really simplified it. Yeah, because of the timeline. Yeah, because the timeline was tight too. Um, videos before launch, we're just pushing those out there to get video views. Then we're retargeting that with workshop. During the workshop is open, we're still going to run the workshop ads instead of running a specific day workshop ad. So we've done that before where we're like, hey, video two has dropped. Check it out. Make sure you click the link. We're just still running the same ad for the workshop. Make sure you go watch the workshop. Change the wording just a touch to say now during workshop instead of pre-workshop. Mm. Um, so we get, we get up to open cart now. So here's where it got real interesting because uh, this person had a family emergency and could not do the open cart webinar. Oh, wow. Yeah. The standard aspect is a Sunday night open cart webinar. And she ended up pulling off a previous recorded webinar and doing a watch party with it. Um, And so that actually, we still had one of her best opening days um, because again, people were primed. They had information. They knew why they needed to buy. All the messaging was right. And it just, they just bought. And they kept buying. That just shows how important it is to just kind of roll with the punches. I mean, you can't really know what to expect. So yeah, just grabbing that previous webinar and using that, and it still pulls it off, you know? That's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And so we actually did a replay later in the week where we did the live webinar, and that still got good traction. But you're right, that pre-recorded did just fine. And if you're not using watch parties, you absolutely need to because they're, they're gold. Yeah, and that's on Facebook only, right? Yeah, only on Facebook. Um, but they really work really well, especially for, you know, if you're on the really like more of the entrepreneurial side, the digital side, where people are more likely to watch that kind of thing. The other thing we did well was rallied her current community. You know, she she went to her community, was very honest with them and said, Hey, we're having some challenges, you know, really break down for us um exactly what's going on here. And I'm gonna share with you during this launch what's happening, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, and she actually told them, look, we don't have the traffic we thought we would. So we're a little worried about the numbers here. If you can help us, that'd be great. And just share to your audiences. People came on board, shared. Um, we had a launch list that was one quarter the size of the previous launch. I actually feel like if we had sent all the emails we were supposed to, because when we did a post-launch recap, we found out that on cart close day, we only sent one email. And normally we'll send five emails. So that was kind of a whoops. Yeah. Uh, that was a big whoops. I still I feel like we could have gotten close to actually breaking the previous launch where she had four massive affiliates that were sending thousands and thousands of leads and a launch list of four X or five X the time the size. When did you figure out that you just only sent one email? Was that post-launch? That was like four or five days post-launch. So there was no way because again, our job when we come into these launches, we more do the strategy side. So we're just checking in with the team on a daily basis during the launch and just saying, hey, I saw this, you know, we'll tweak this or you have a question, you have a concern, we'll tweak that. So we don't, we're not actually, you know, in there looking at every single email going out. That's the team's responsibility. Uh, again, it was just it was probably the targeting was off. It's an infusion soft, which is confusion soft. So it's a very challenging system to use. Um, and the problem with confusion soft too, is that frequently they're sending emails even hours late. So your scheduled email go at nine o'clock. It's not getting sent till 10 or 11. So even if you are checking right away, 
it may not have gone out anyway, just because of the server issues. And so you may see that problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, we actually recommend having multiple email systems during a launch in case, you know, a case a problem happens. One of the launches we had, we got dinged on an email and we had to immediately switch to a third party provider to just get emails out, Yeah, um, which is a pain, but it can work. Absolutely. Yeah. You always want to have those backup systems in place. So yeah. So we ended up then obviously, you know, during open cart, jumping on, doing more lives, answering questions, objections. Um, and so again, that was the keys is, you know, really focus on that live interaction, focus on just telling the story and sharing the successes too. So um, we made sure that we talked to alumni about sharing into the free group about, you know, the successes they have. Um, and a lot of them just do it out of the goodness of their heart because they're so grateful for the, the change that's made in their business. But we also want to make sure that we have strategic ones that speak to strategic uh, objections. So again, we're always looking at the objections people have. How can we counteract that objection into this during this launch? Again, so this was actually wasn't one of the craziest launches we have done. I mean, it was actually relatively low key. Um, mainly because stuff was just working. Um, the ads though, let's talk about the ads though, because the ads were really fun and we had great conversions. And again, this person's in the online space. They have a do great job building community, great job building audiences. And so um, just a, our ads just convert so, so well. Um, so we had for this launch, um, I think we had about a 20K budget including pre-launch. And um, our ROI on that was, I think, I forget the exact ROI on that, but it was really good. So I'll give you the breakdown of like, it was a $1,000 course and overarchingly, we spent $50 per $1,000 sales through ads. Okay. So which is, you know, really good ROI on that. I think that's a 20 to one ROI for that. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. And obviously, uh, and th then we also did, if you're, again, I mentioned earlier, if you're not doing a cart close or a, uh, not a well, cart close ads are, are important, but the abandoned cart ads, those are the ones that are super important. We um, ran that. I think our targeting was a little bit off because we didn't get, we didn't get it to a big audience, but that one converted at 37 cents per thousand dollar course purchase. Oh, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and again, those ads, um, and I know Tribe ran those ads too, um, that were very successful too. And again, it's just usually a funny ad because here's the biggest thing. People click onto something, they're thinking about buying it and they just get distracted. You know, especially if you got young kids, the kids start screaming or doorbell rings or a phone call comes in or someone messages you or Netflix is calling and you just forget. And so if you make sure you run those abandoned cart ads and make sure you put your budget on those really high, um, that you know, you're willing to spend a lot of money to acquire every single person to see those. Because again, they were literally seconds away from giving you money and they stepped away for some reason. So the other thing we'll run with uh, object those is we'll do some objection busting as well. We'll talk in that ad. Usually if it's someone who's savvy internet wise, They'll know they're getting retargeted for this, so it's okay to call that out. So it's okay to say, hey, I noticed you were just about to buy and, and, and say something about that. And then also hit it on a few quick objections and then be done with the ad. So those work really work well as a video ad. So yeah, those are kind of, again, the big things. And oh, we did rewrite the ads on that too and ran four variations of um, ad copy. And the beauty of this is a big enough launch with enough purchases that you can actually see the trends. 
Um, and the other problem is over a four or five day open cart, it's really hard to get really good data just because it's so short. So that's why we actually prefer to have our clients have some sort of evergreen funnel that we can actually do testing in. And then so that when they're ready for their big launch, they can always then take the best performing instead of trying to scramble at the last minute to you know make tweaks. Because when you're spending that kind of ad spend, you, you can be checking every single hour and seeing changes in your, your demographics, changing in your ad costs, that kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, normally you will spend a couple of days just to figure out you know which one performs the best and then start excluding. Exactly, yeah. So you really have to be really on top of that during there. So yeah, again, the big picture pieces for this the, um, was first, you know, really looking at the audiences, really dialing in, really knowing what that audience was thinking, and then being able to update all the messaging in the launch based on that. The second part is because a lives work so well for this person, just having them do live, 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 live. Um, the third part is, um, you know, emails. Emails do work, guys. I mean, the thing is, make sure you have a good email sender that's getting those emails out there. But, you know, Facebook can go down. Emails are a lot more reliable. Just make sure your sender's reliable. <laughs> um, and then um, I think the other thing is just, you know, rally around as a team too. So that's the one thing that we did well with this is just making sure the team was on board. It was buy-in that everyone felt supported and it, this launch just rocked. Yeah. And let's just talk a little bit about, you know, the mental game in all of this. I mean, that has a big part in oh, when you're launching. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. So we actually call Tuesdays. If you're starting with a Sunday night open cart, we call Tuesdays the slump. And actually we schedule for this client, we actually scheduled them out of the office because we said, this is the day we know there's not going to be sales. There's nothing you can do about it. So you need to go do some R and R. And so we send them out to get a spa day or, um, you know, do something fun with the family. Um, because you know, yes, you're going to answer some customer service stuff in the morning. Just, you know, that's not going to, it's going to be a poor day. So just get out of the office. You know, then you get back in Wednesday because Wednesday sales start to pick back up. We usually on Wednesday try to do a lives Q and A's or uh, this is where it's great. Wednesdays are a great day to bust objections or also do a live cast. You can do that. Although I like to do the live cast Tuesday, more give more possibility. Wednesday then even because more, more possibility come more objections. I'm like Wednesday, you answer a lot of those objections. And then it depends on what space you're in, either do a Thursday cart close or a Friday cart close. So here's a trick that you can do is if you're dealing with the entrepreneurial space um, with people that are entre full-time entrepreneurs, it really doesn't matter what day you close cart. So Thursday's fine because it gives you a nice closed four-day window. But if you're dealing with anyone who's like in like uh, basically has a regular job, they usually get paid on a Friday or the first of the month. So if like I was just literally before we got on this call talking to someone and planning their launch and basically they want to start the 29th of August with no July with an open cart. And the beauty of that is then they're going to go through Friday, which crosses the first of the month and a Friday, which is the second. Uh -huh. They get it's a sweet spot. It's, a, it's yeah. a huge sweet spot for that. For that. So yes, yeah, so that's kind of thing to think about as you're figuring out your closed cart day to try to, to keep those two um, yeah, demographics times in mind. Mm, definitely. How is it for you guys though, the mental aid game? I mean, you're probably a little bit more detached from the whole launch. So I guess you're not affected in the same way. Yeah, so we have to be because we are the mental rock for the, the person who's in launch. Mm. Um, and we obviously, one of the things Katie and I do have is we have a list of things 
that we can do after a launch to save a launch because there is that point where that launch will go bad and that could actually be an entire podcast episode is what do you do when a launch tanks? So we also will come in, we had a launch earlier this year, which was never not going anywhere near what the person wanted. And so what we knew is if that person got down, then the rest of the launch wouldn't do well because that energy just comes across on their lives, comes across if they're writing email copy. So we have a list of things. Obviously, you can do you can do a four-week you know, launch sale or something like that. Not a sale, but like a flash opening or something like that. And you can then also do things like um, you know, affiliate promo afterwards if you have people that are like in the same space. You can also do something. So one person, we said, you know, one of the things they talk about is a lot of different equipment that people can use for a specific topic. And so we said, do an email that basically just lists, these are my top favorite buys and have an affiliate link to Amazon. And because of the size of the list she'd built, she could actually bring in a fair amount of revenue with that. Okay. So there's all sorts of things to do. So we'll actually have that call. Like on a, if the launch isn't going well by Wednesday, we can immediately know that. Mm-hmm. And so we'll come in and we'll say, hey, this launch isn't going good. It may be the wrong time. We may need to tweak the message a little bit. So we will look at message. We will look at the customer support coming in. And if we need to tweak things, we will jump on and rewrite sales pages or rewrite ads or something like that. But um, the other aspect would be to just say, look, we're going to get through this launch, you know, love on these people that are joining 100%. But here's some ideas after the launch to bring in additional revenue if you feel like you need that. Yeah. And that's basically taking advantage of the warm audience, basically. That's what you're trying to do, right? Yes. It's called the, the launch effect. Um, yeah. Jeff Walker talks about that, you know, that warm thing. I mean, after a launch, you'll usually get media requests, you'll get partnership opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime you launch, because you're just creating a great wave around that. So that's why a launch is so much better than Evergreen, although we love Evergreen too. I mean, Evergreen should be a key part of any business um, at some yeah, aspect. That's where it was, the fundament, yeah. you know, on top of everything. Yeah. But launches are where you get that massive, basically spike in traffic and just um, energy and um, audience. Yeah, exactly. So what are the most important metrics that you look at when you're launching? Yeah, so metrics are super important because this is something we came into this launch, which I was very clear with the client up front about looking at. And so this is where I could immediately identify that we weren't anywhere near on track with the previous launch Mm -hmm. um, is that we're looking at opt-ins, obviously. We're looking at the rates on all the pages and such. Um, We've seen opt-ins work as high as right now, we have an opt-in that's running around 70 to 80%. Um, yeah. And, um, we've got one on evergreen right now. That's I think at like 65 or 68%. So we've been literally tweaking that over three months and tweaking it in for just this audience. And now it's converting like crazy. And so we're getting leads on that funnel at 37 cents each. So yeah, you, you just want to know your metrics, you know, your cost of lead acquisition. Mm Mm-hmm. You want to know your cost of um, sale too. So if you're spending, you know, during a launch, you want to know the cost of a sale, like what you're spending on ads to acquire that sale. You want to know the conversion on the sales page. Um, you want to use Hotjar and know how far down they're going on the sales page. Um, so Hotjar is a little plugin that just basically shows the people that are scrolling the page and where they're actually reaching. Um, and if you see a, spe- a fast die off at a specific spot, like you're going from 70 and all of a sudden it turns at 50%, you know, right there, they're losing interest. So you need to change that up. So we'll check that every single day during the launch as well. Email open rates. You always want to be checking that. Um, and so what we'll do after a launch too, I mean, during a launch is always good to check it, but after launch we'll definitely dive into and say, okay, this email open line got 17%. Everything else was 27. Why would that have been? And then kind of try to backwards figure out that why. And then click rates too. You always want to be looking at click rates. 
so I think the thing is on your first launch and your first audience, you're never going to know that kind of stuff. So you want to know industry standards on that kind of stuff. I mean, industry standards is that maybe three to 5% will buy from your, your launch list, you know, 1% from your main list. Um, so again, it changes with every single industry. So, you know, it, you, it's going to go, it's going to be different, but knowing those numbers, putting them a sheet, and then you can compare your last launch to is really good. You want to look at the the views of your workshop, of what videos they're viewing. If you're using something like Vimeo or Wistia, you can see the die-off of when they stopped watching or the basically the abandon rate. And if you get people, you know, 60, 80% going through the entire video, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but checking all that kind of stuff too. If you have a Facebook group, looking at your engagement metrics. So that's the other thing we're looking at is we're looking at those metrics on the back end to see how engaged the group is. Um, if we notice a die-off, we'll jump in there and do some lives or jump in there and do some. Um, we always have a list of posts that get great engagement. And so we'll just say, that's kind of our emergency list. Well, five or six of those questions or something that we know will kick engagement back up that basically we're saving for a situation like this. Hmm. Yeah, so again, to kind of recap what I just said, you want to know your opt-in rates your lead acquisition costs, your cost of a sale for like a, your ads. Um, you want to know your email open rates, your click rates, um, and then the conversions on your pages as well. Mm. And do you follow these metrics like daily and make necessary changes if you see that something that you can tweak immediately or do you kind of look at this post-launch? Yeah, so we are looking at this during the launch, although with a short cart like that, it's always harder to do. It's just going to be able to say, oh, we're on track for last launch, or we're converting slightly better, or slightly, slightly worse. So that's always good to look at. And, um, but post-launch is where you really can dive into the metrics. Because the other thing too is during launch, you're usually doing some last-minute stuff. And we always recommend people try to get stuff done for their launch weeks and weeks in advance. So the copy should be written and loaded. The sales page should be done because during launch, little tiny things come up. And if you can give yourself the brain space to deal with those little tiny things and deal with like, oh, we're converting a little bit less on this page. Did we change anything? Have we changed anything? The ads that would be sending different traffic. And if you can spend your time on that, that's where you're really going to make those incremental changes. But you can't if you're writing last minute emails and you know trying to get the sales page up the night before. Yeah. You know, you need to get yourself headspace just to kind of have time to do everything because when you're in the launch, it's crazy. It's so much things happening. And like you said, you need to make sudden changes or something happens and you, yeah. So you really need to give yourself that headspace and allow yourself to make changes if necessary, because things will happen. That's for sure. Things always happen. Every single launch we've been on, something happens you weren't expecting. Um, A launch we did last fall, um, we had 780 people sign up for the, the webinar. And then we um, realized, okay, we need to upgrade our Zoom room. So we went ahead and dutifully upgraded Zoom, the exorbitant fee, and upgraded our, our Zoom room. And uh, then we found out as we started the webinar that the upgrade was not applied to the right license. And so it was capping us at 100. And so we had literally hundreds of people that were trying to get on that couldn't get on. And that's never a good idea. No. And what's like the worst thing that happened during a launch for you guys? Um, that wasn't a good one. Um, let's see what else, um, uh, getting our email, you know, email account suspended, not suspended, but saying, you know, getting basically saying we're spamming and which basically blacklisted us with a lot of ISPs. So we had to switch over like very quickly that happened to us in one of the launches. Thankfully we haven't had a merchant account shut down, which has been very good. We had a launch where the welcome and registration emails were misfunctioning. And anyone who thought about buying got a login. Basically, they, they submitted their email. 
to go to the checkout. And before they even checked out, it was sending them a welcome email with, here's your login details. Oh, Yeah, we had that happen. Again, losing a project manager mid-launch never helps. So that was that <laughs> happened in the launch too. Uh, affiliates not being on board when they said they were. So you know you, you plan on affiliates sending traffic and they just don't do that. That, that happened um, with the seven-figure launch I was on. Their biggest affiliate um, who said they were going to mail just never mailed. And problem is, yeah, this affiliate has literally probably on a list of a million. Uh, that's going to hurt. That did, that really, really hurt. And it's just that one of the things of like, you know, usually these affiliates are friends. And so you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait. You know, they're, and so then your just friend let you down. So that's also mentally really hurts. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, those are the big ones is, you know, I think we've had a lot of things we've always, oh, we had a ad account shut down during a launch too. Um, Perfect. Yeah, and suspended. Not just compl- shut down and completely suspended. We still haven't gotten the ad account back. Um, so we had to switch ad accounts and get stuff up. Thankfully, the other ad account was primed so that we were able to get ads up within a couple hours. But the problem is, if you're in, you know, ads can take up to 24 hours to get approved. And so if you're not primed and, and good to go, then it can just take a long time. And you just, yeah, so we lost half of our closed cart day. That was for a beta launch we did. And we still did 37K. So we still did a really, it was a really good in a very, very sub niche. Um, so it was, it was a good launch for us. But that's never fun to lose an ad account. What about the positive though? What's been a, one of the greatest things about launching? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is just seeing the change. You know, you know we do what we do because we want to create an impact. Because entrepreneurial can be stressful. Obviously, it's a, it's a really fun aspect. There's a lot of great things, but it also can be stressful. Um, so just seeing the results people have, seeing people grow, seeing people make changes, seeing families impacted, seeing whole communities impacted. That's what keeps me going. And especially in our business, the farmers, you know, they feel hopeless. They feel that they can't do this. Um, they feel like they're always going to be hobby farming the rest of their lives. So seeing them have that change and being able to take vacations. Um, one of our clients in our farming business and one of our memberships posted that they took a three-week vacation and their crew ran the farm the entire time. That to me is a huge win. Yeah. Um, because that means you're changing lives. Exactly. I always geek out about numbers and I geek out about A-B testing. So one of the things we're on right now, we're doing a superfood garden summit that we just, right? actually today is the first day of the actual live aspect of that. We chose a very specific platform so we could do multiple A-B tests. And that's been a ton of fun is just to try something. And one of the cool things about this summit is we've got lots of traffic and we're spending, we've got a hefty ad budget. So we can literally tell in five to 10 minutes if a variation is working better than another variation. Oh, wow. Because we're, oh, that's quick. Yeah. We're sending a lot of traffic to this. And so, you know, we're getting hundreds of hits every minute. And so we're like, oh, three, four, five, you know, 10 minutes later. Yep. This has been definitely winning. Okay. Shut that off. What's the next test we're going to do? Change that out. Set, turn that test back on. So you can rapidly optimize stuff. And so that's a really fun to see. I mean, this is obviously with the opt-in, this is for just email opt-in. So with sales, it's a lot more challenging because even in a big launch, you only have a couple thousand sales, even if it's a figure launch. And so that's a little bit harder to do the A-B testing on. And it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. But you know, that's the other thing is I really like people to test on low price products, their messaging, mm-hmm. and then you can really dial in for your, your bigger stuff that you know that you're not going to have as many sales of. True. And I know it's the advantage of having digital launches that you can continuously change things. Nothing is set. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the web page is you can, you can change it literally seconds. And so that's, yeah, yeah, with emails, yeah, you can do AB testing of your headlines and then send the main email. Um, So that's something people should be doing too, is, um, you know, always be sending to a sub group first and then have the AB uh, headline winning. 
and then send that out to the main group. Because the thing was with uh, emails is all about the open. You just, you're just trying to get the open. As soon as you get the open, you're set. That's true. Eddie, last minute tips that you want to give people? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would say is start small, rapidly um, make changes. If you see something working or not working, just rapidly innovate. Don't get discouraged. I've had launches that completely bombed and I've done a lot of them. I still have like, whoops, I should have done that moments. So yeah, it's a skill that's learned. Obviously, you can follow the formula, you can do all the right things. But as you're learning your audience, as you're more figuring out exactly what they want, you're going to be changing things for at least the first six, eight, 10, 12 months before you really dial yeah. it in. And it's all about learning from your previous launch, basically, and taking that to the next launch. Yeah. Learning from your failures. That's the name yeah, of the game. Exactly. So how can people find you and learn more about you? Yeah. So you can just go to www.michaelkilpatrick.com. Um, that's kind of my um, home base for everything we do. Our launch company is, yeah, if you just reach out to me through there, we, we work with just a very select few clients. So it's not like we do a lot. And there's quite a process to work with us. But yeah, if it's the right fit, we can really make things, things, things happen. But again, I'm also very busy with my other business with the farming niche. So that's not my main focus, although it's something I love and enjoy. So I, I still keep time in my schedule. For awesome. Well, we'll put everything in the show notes and people can reach out to you if they found you that they want to work with you. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.